Good evening, lovelies. Welcome to another episode of Coffee, Candy, and Creatives. It's the Sunday Cinema Show. CCC is a Be Unique Radio featured program. My creative tonight is filmmaker Alex Liu. Alex's new award-winning documentary will be available to watch June 7th. You can get more information at asexplanation.com. This episode is brought to you by Be Unique Brevard, the Space Coast premiere magazine. This episode is rated PG-13 for sexual conversation but it's a conversation that we all need to have so grab a cup of coffee or your favorite beverage cuddle up with your host pup and enjoy the show everybody i am here with alex Liu. he is a filmmaker and his new documentary ace explanation will be out june 7th pretty much everywhere i'm very excited to talk to you because this documentary that you've made is something that needs to be talked about because if anything I don't like to get political, but our current events have <laughs> that people people need some education. Yeah, we're, we're we're a long way back from where we need we should be. Yeah. Oh Lord! But what I find interesting, and as I said, I was really excited to talk to you because I've wanted to have this is not a, any shade at all to you, but I wanted <laughs> wanted to talk to someone in the sex industry or a sex worker or a porn star because I have questions, but. This is not just that. This is such a broad look at sex in general. And you are an Asian American man, Mm -hmm. right? And I am no expert. Well, I'm not an expert on sex either, but I'm not an expert on Asian culture at all. But I Mm -hmm. do know a friend who told me he went on a reality dating show and he he was, yeah, he was telling (laughs) how strange it was because in his home, he didn't see his parents being not affectionate, but, um, you know, PDA, he didn't see a lot mm-hmm. of that. Right. Mm-hmm. So there is, there is, and I don't know, it could be a false, um, stigma that the Asian culture is more reserved when it comes to things like that, but you have busted into this and you had a great <laughs> with, with your grandma and with your mom and with yeah. your dad. we're going to jump in. It's called Ace Explanation. Alex finally gets a sex education. So tell me, did this come from I mean, it's it's talked about a little bit in the documentary, but this came from a place of you were kind of like, what the hell? What I know is not it's not lining up with the the knowledge that I should have. Well, I, I think really, you know, I, I'm gay, so so I think I, I was drawn to journalism. I was drawn to health reporting specifically because that was the only place I was even able to get you know little crumbs of good information of that that gay people exist in the world. I mean, usually those stories were coded around HIV/AIDS, um, but but that that there was uh, some sort of life uh, that that felt maybe possible um, because really the sex education I got. Um, what I heard over and over again was gay sex would kill you, gay sex would kill you. What I heard from politicians was that, you know, that that you're worse than an animal. You know, you know, it was it was pretty awful. The the, the church, you know, the Catholic Church, I grew up in the Catholic Church, and their message is just is just it's it's fire and brimstone. It's it's so so negative when it comes to sex. Um, and as I got older and older and started doing my own research, I, I was astonished at how much, and there's still not a lot, but how much basic research has been done since the 40s and 50s with starting with Alfred Kinsey. And I think um, I just got angrier and angrier around the idea that this information is out there, but it's not getting to the kids like me who really need it. Um, and, and as I got older and older, things got much better. Things are, you know, miles ahead of where I where we started when I was when I was a kid. Um, but the good sex education was still not making it into schools. It was happening on YouTube, it was happening on, you know, um, social media, I was wondering why, why can't this happen? And it's very clear, you know, uh, in in the United States, uh, school curricula is decided on by local school board members, for better or worse, there's good parts and bad parts about that. Um, But because it's these are these like, low stakes, low turnout elections, that no one wants to stick their foot out on something that could be even remotely controversial. Um, and it kills me because so many kids are suffering in shame, suffering with depression and anxiety for things that, and not just queer kids, a lot of kids, a lot of, a lot of people just feel like they're not normal or terrified that they're not normal when it comes to their sexuality. They have no idea how to process or, or, or deal with, with, with difficult and confusing sexual, sexual desires. And so, um, uh, 
you know, it took me, you know, a long time of, of screaming into the abyss to, to, to realize that maybe instead of, instead of, you know, complaining about it, maybe I could, maybe I could do my little part and, and, and find, find some answers for myself. And, and, and through a very long process of, of, of over seven years, uh, the result is the documentary. And it's an amazing documentary. And let me tell you, um, I don't know if it should be not a trigger warning, but kind of a kind of a warning. It might be still like some sort of hesitancy on my part, but there's some pretty graphic imagery. (laughs) My first instinct was to kind of turn my laptop so that my kid couldn't see it. And then I was like, but it's not it's not sexy. It's not naughty. This is science. This is biology. And I was like, oh, my God. I'm like the subject of this documentary because <laughs> to a small degree, because at, even as free as you feel about like people say, oh, I walk around naked in front of my kids all the time. There's nothing wrong with the human body, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Okay. But you can still be like, oh my God, they just showed a dick, you know? And it's like, I need to hide that. But you know what? They have one. If you have sons, <laughs> they know what it looks like. And they'd be like, hey, there's a dick on your laptop. It's like, yeah, okay. So it's really opening up that conversation and and opening people's eyes that think that they're like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm hippy dippy. I'm cool with everything. Well, are you really though? Because you don't seem like you were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, you know, uh, I would have, uh, before I started the process, I would have very, very similar reactions. I think, you know, uh, especially in America, I think, you know, the only nude bodies most people see other than their very close, you know, family partners is in porn. And I think that was a big part of me making the film and wanting to show a wide range of bodies, wanting to show a wide range of, of, of bodies, not in a sexually explicit or aroused state, but just to, to make the statement that, that the body you have, you know, whatever shape form it takes is something to celebrate. And I, and I don't think we do that enough in, in our culture. I, I think, um, yeah, and I think, you know, I, I do worry about kids who are curious about what other bodies look like, you know, who are curious about how uh, bodies should be. And, and, and if the only place that is giving it to them is uh, an internet browser in the middle of the night under the covers, I, I worry about that. And so kind of the, the perp- a lot of the film I did try to, um, put images that you don't normally see of, of everyday bodies in the wide range that they, they, they come in, because that, that, that is important to me that we have to learn to love our bodies in a way, uh, at least a little bit more than we do now. And, and that was kind of my, 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 my attempt to do that. Let me tell you, if I judged how I look, like if I compared myself to the, the figures that I saw in, in videos and pornography, I would have crippling low self-esteem. Yeah, I- we, exactly. It, it's, it's so, those are not normal bodies. I, I mean, they're normal, but they're not typical, you know, they're not typical bodies, you know, um, and, and, uh, and they're, and, they're great for what they are, but they're, but they're in an extreme. And I think that can be damaging if that's what you think. Well, absolutely. It's like, if you see, and it, we're not disparaging anybody at all, but like, if you see a, a supermodel or a makeup artist and their, their face is just beat to the gods, you know, and you're like, oh, I could never be that beautiful. Well, you know what? They might already have a beautiful base that they've built upon, but guess what? The makeup can do a lot. You can't compare yourself to to people with bigger tits or you know uh, better asses you know you just can't do it and and maintain a healthy state of mind I don't think oh yeah yeah and, and I think that you know speaking about porn I think from I know for myself you know I, I have a complicated relationship with porn in that it was the first place I saw two men be intimate and it was like treated as a a good thing it was treated as something to enjoy and to be celebrate but it's right. not it's not a realistic depiction of what sex should be you know there's no communication there's no are you feeling okay there's no oh that hurts stop that you know the, the things that you need to have for a good sexual uh you know interaction where lots of lots of communication lots of lube you know lots of things that that people you don't see in a 20 minute clip you know um and so the, the damaging part i think was one uh, i had a very very narrow image of what sex should look like um, and two, when 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 I started having sex, and uh, it was not matching up to the images that I that I had been seeing, I thought something was wrong with me rather than something was wrong with with, with the porn because no one had ever sat me down to think about this. You know, when you're 14, 15, and you're terrified, people might find out you're doing this thing that is 
supposedly mm-hmm. shameful, you're not going to reach the people, the adults who could easily quickly just dispel you of any any fears. Uh, so so it, it's, um, yeah, it's something that we all have to be a lot more sexually literate about. Right. I mean, if only there was this explanation back then. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it was. I mean, the film is somewhat, you know, I, you know, it's when you when you decide to make a film about sex and sexual culture, there are just so it's it, you really can't do the subject justice in 80 minutes right there are so many things we had to cut that are on the cutting room floor because it just couldn't fit in, in the time but but um yeah the, the kind of north star we had is like what would our 13 year old selves you know editors you know people in the room editing room what would our 13 year old selves have just love to see in it and keeping that person in mind was was kind of how we how we designed the film right and it's funny because there's such an argument everywhere it's like this is the job of the parents we don't want it in schools then parent but i don't want to talk to them you know, exactly because- exactly <laughs> I, I think that's a great idea uh it should start in the home it should i think conservatives have a very strong point that families are the best equipped to help kids their own kids who they know the best better than anyone understand how to deal with these difficult complicated nuanced issues i agree with that but if the conversations aren't happening, then it's, then it's, it's lost. So, so I think we have to understand, like, just like you, most parents have no desire to teach their kids algebra or geography or all the things that these kids do need to know to kind of function in society. Uh, Sex and sexuality is one component of that. Um, And, and schools, I do, I do think have to be very clear that their purpose is not to instill values. It's it's not to go against the parents. I think schools have to be lockstep with parents around issues of sex sexuality, even when maybe they disagree with the values being taught in the home, because that's the mm-hmm. only way it works. Because, you know, if if any parent feels like, especially around sex, that their kid is being taught values that don't don't comport with the family values, um, it, it just it's just like we see today. It's just never going to get taught. So so. I think we have to be very careful about these things, but but I think there is a, a clear argument that that schools need to play a crucial part in our children. I agree hundred percent. And you're absolutely right, because if a teacher can put forth a subject as just that, a subject without, like you said, bringing anything personal into it, no personal experience, no, my cousin's brother's gay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is X, Y, Z. Not to get into this, but we could bring also that into true American history that's not being taught. You know, right? Yeah, yeah. That's a whole another show. Right. But <laughs> if, if the subject matter, if the education system can decide that a child of the age of seven, I don't know, is ready to learn addition or division, I I don't remember that far back. Right. <laughs> If the education system can look and analyze and say, oh, okay, this child is ready to learn this specific thing, and you teach it in a non-personal, non-influenced way, absolutely. Because parents are at home freaking the, you know, freaking the heck out going, you talk to him. I don't want to talk to him. You know, if you ask, if you ask my mother, she'll say, of course, I have the conversation with you. And I would argue, and I said, mom, when I was at that age where I would have been asking questions you had three small ones. I guarantee you did not sit down and have a conversation with me because I <laughs> that what I knew about sex at the age of like, I don't know, 11, 12, whatever. I learned from books. Mm. <laughs> and one of them was like a, I don't know, a human anatomy pipe book, had pictures. I don't think, but here's a problem. And this is for people listening. This is always just my opinion. America has demonized so many things that should be beautiful, natural things. Breastfeeding. Uh, kissing in public, holding hands, all of this stuff, teaching our children uh, things that they need to know. And you can, if you can break down math for different age and um, knowledge levels, you can certainly do that with this that's so important. And here's where I get into it, where it's sticky for me, because I think that younger children should have a basic understanding because if they have a basic understanding of their body and what's right and what's wrong with their body, they can mm-hmm. tell when someone's touching. That, that's right. the best argument for sex education at a young age. It makes them abuse resistant because they know uh, they're in communication with adults, trusted adults about mm-hmm. their bodies. You know, I think 
you know, the research is clear when you ask abusers who have been convicted, how do you pick your victims? They pick their victims based on the kids who clearly are uncomfortable about their body, clearly have never been in communication with an adult about their body because they're, it's just easier to hide, you know, because they already feel that shame in it. But if you, but if, but if that's an open conversation a kid is having with their adult and they're very conversant in that, there's nowhere an abuser can hide. And, mm -hmm. and so I think um, it's the biggest kind of most cruelest disgusting irony that that sex education is being taken away from younger ages because of grooming or pedophilia when the exact opposite is true. And so I think that's something that it's hard. It's hard to explain, I think, because um, none of us have a good sex education. So the, I mean, I would say before starting this process, talking about these sorts of topics and at age appropriate, even at an age appropriate level with, you know, six, seven year olds would be too early. Uh, but but doing the process and seeing one, you can give kids a lot more credit that, that they already have a lot of these questions. They already have picked up by that age. Who are the people in their lives who are safe to talk about? You know, I think slight comments that, that happen very early, you know, maybe a kid asks, you know, what's, you know, they touch their penis and they ask what it is. And the parents says, Oh, don't, don't do that. Or, you know, it could be very, very offhand, right. you know, it'd be very, very quick. You don't think anything of it. You forget it in 15 seconds that you did that, but the kid will remember, Oh, there's something about this body part that's wrong. And, and, and if I touch it, it's bad because my parents said, said it, it's, it happens very quickly and very early. And so I think, you know, the, the one thing I would argue is I, I hear a lot from conservatives around how we need to keep kids innocent, that, that why we need to keep them basically ignorant, keep information from them as late as possible to preserve their innocence. And at a certain surface level, I understand. Like, of course, if you were to show pornography to a child, that would be very disturbing. Absolutely. We, we frown upon that. Yeah. yeah. But, but <laughs> innocence, like, like what is the worst thing that can happen to it to, to rob a child of their innocence? It's abuse. It is a trusted adult taking advantage of a child. And, and if you really want to preserve a child's innocence, give them all the information they need to know to keep them and their families safe, that that's the only way it, it can work. Right. I mean, I think, like, like I said a second ago, uh, because it's been so demonized. Uh, that's not the word I want, but that's the word I'm going to use. It's been so made naughty. Everything's been made naughty. Mm -hmm. Like you said, you know. Oh my God, he touched his penis. He wants sex. No, you know what? He might have had an itch. You know? he <laughs> and, and the fact of the matter is, touching your penis feels good. Like, I, I know it's hard to talk about this. I find it uncomfortable even this moment, but like, it's it's just a body. And, and, and we have to be honest with our kids that, of course, certain parts of your body are going to feel better than others. Um, and, and there's privacy is a big thing. You know, there are things we do in the privacy of our own home and there's things we do in public. That's a very important lesson that kids need to learn. But but there's nothing wrong with the fact that your body feels good. And the, if, if the message that kids get is there is something wrong with it, man, that that just sets them up for for years of therapy, if, if any. Right, exactly. And I would I would guess that specifically boys or men, 100 percent of of you guys had that moment where you're like, oh my God, what's wrong with me? Something's coming out. Yeah, no, I had no idea what was happening. <laughs> it's like if someone would have had a conversation. And here's the thing about not having it in schools and not having it for younger kids is because what I think some people are ignorant enough to think that there's going to be a porno put up on, on the videos. Yeah. It, no, we're talking about this is your penis. This is your vagina. This might happen when you get to be about this age. And if it mm -hmm. happens, feel, yeah. you know, it's natural. It's normal. This is what's not natural and normal. If the neighbor touches you mm -hmm. on your part and says he's tickling you no no you need to go talk to your mom or your dad or mm -hmm. and this is a conversation that they're not having because we're not trying to teach kids hey sex 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 we're not trying to we're trying to say this is your body this is you have that that autonomy mm -hmm. yeah this is yours nobody's yeah. allowed to yeah and, and i think that the problem is I think often when that kind of message is taught in schools for, you know, I, I would say in most cases, it is a good faith. You know, you want to protect your kids. We all want to protect kids. We all want kids to grow up ha happy and healthy. Um, but for, for reasons, I would say because of fear and ignorance, uh, we think the best message is to say, 
um, to protect yourself the best, avoid as much, avoid sex, you know, and, and that's true to a certain extent. Of course, if you were to lock yourself up in a cell and never touch anyone, you would be maybe safer in a certain sense. Um, but, but it ignores the real damage that does because we are beings built to experience and, and connect with through pleasure, through sexual pleasure. You know, that is a core component of who we are. And, and, and you cannot, you, you cannot ignore that fact as much as many times I wish I was not driven by my sexual urges. Uh, um, it, it is a fact of the matter that I am. And so, and we all need help dealing with that. And, and, and to, to tell someone that to try to, to kind of stop or say no, or abstinence is, is somehow a solution that that energy will go somewhere else. And, and usually it goes towards uh, some sort of pain, suffering, depression, anxiety, or comes out in even worse ways in which you're doing things totally in private that, that really, really uh, can be damaging. So, so I think um, that for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. And, and so the, the best case that we can do is, is to help kids process healthy pleasure, just to focus on how to have healthy pleasure, emphasis on healthy. And, and, and that's the only way that we can actually move forward as a culture. Right. You said something and it made me think of something and then I forgot it. So it's fine. <laughs> Happens to me all the time. <laughs> it's just, it's just, oh, that's what it was. Um, parents and guardians, because I know that it's not always parents, it's, it's grandparents or aunts and uncles or foster parents. They're so busy protecting the child that mm-hmm. they're putting them in danger sometimes mm-hmm. that's a personal feeling. I feel like there has to be open communication about everything. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I want, I want, I want you to know, you know, your body I also want, I want to know your favorite dinosaur, you know, <laughs> everything. every parent that says, if my kid is at a party and too drunk to drive, I want them to call me. Well, guess what? If my kid, you know, needs some sort of, you know, if he thinks he's got crabs or something, mm-hmm. I want him to tell me. Yeah, I, don't you? Right? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the, that's the ideal, right? I mean, I, it makes me so sad to think of uh, kids who are, who for, for, no fault of their own than other being a than other than being a human being has uh, you know contracted an STI, gotten pregnant, things that happen every day that the person that they feel they can come go to the least is their parents. That that that's that's so sad to me. Um, and I don't think any parents want that. And, and I and I have a lot of empathy for parents. You know, I think we're we're all kind of taught that there there needs to be this idea of the talk. You sit someone down at 12, 13 and you tell them all the things that kids know. But that that's already too late. If that's the first time you're even broaching these subjects, the kid has already learned you're not a safe person to talk about these. Um, and and to parents who who maybe are listening and who are thinking I could never talk about sex to my kids. I get it. Like it's not easy. Um, so, so my, my advice is, you know, start five seconds at a time, you know, say the word penis once and then go to the next topic, you know, make it a normal everyday thing that, that even if you're freaking out, the kid sees that, Oh, my parent is willing to say penis. My parent is willing to say clitoris. My parent is willing to say, yeah, your penis can feel good sometime and then move on to the next topic. It doesn't have to be this intense, like, you know, conversation. And you'll be amazed these little tiny five second, 10 second, you know, parts that add up over a lifetime to my kid, all of a sudden, when they're in trouble or need help or have questions, will come to me because I've proven myself to be someone who doesn't freak out when when the topic arises. And conversely, on the opposite side of it, if you are that parent that is just due to due to your upbringing, maybe due to your, you know, your belief system, whatever it is, that is not comfortable. Why would you not want someone who is comfortable having that conversation? I mean, the I'm not a parent, but but I can imagine um, the best parents are, are people who are trying their best to do a little better than the generation before them, right? Right. We're all, it's tough. It's tough to be a human being. No one is perfect. You know, perfection is, is, is a fool's errand. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, you know, if we have any chance of, of surviving, it's, it's, it's helping the next generation be a little bit better than the generation before. And, and I think, um, right. especially when it comes to these, really complicated, difficult, nuanced issues. Um, taking the, a little bit of time to understand yourself, understand your own reactions, your own judgments, your own biases, and nothing's wrong with them. I, I think I, I often, people are like, oh, I, I hate that I have this reaction. I'm like, no, that's fine. Like that's the culture you grew up in. That, that's totally where you are. There's nothing wrong with that. 
Um, but what's important is that you understand completely where you are and, and understand how the actions you make might affect other people in ways that, that you don't want to. Well, you just touched on a topic, didn't you? Because it's very difficult for a lot of people, specific types of people, I'm going to throw it out there, to admit that they're wrong, to note, to think that they're wrong, number one, to admit that they're wrong and to do anything differently than the way they're already doing it. Yeah. And here's <laughs> Here's the crazy part for me is I'm not going to go into it. I'm just going to tell you that I'm in Florida and you can take it as you want it. Okay. <laughs> but I think like people, so what if my kid's teacher is a homosexual man, I don't give a shit. I don't care because I know he's not going to go in there one morning and be like, man, I just fucked it. Adam, yeah. <laughs> oh, I, hopefully not. Yeah. You know, that, that would be awful. Yeah. <laughs> be an, uh, an aberration but there's people that are so just like disgustingly stuck in this this whatever they're in that that's what it is yeah and i, I and, and i and I, i'm not giving i don't want to give them too much credit but but i do in many ways in this process talking to a wide range of people i get like you know the culture when it comes especially queer gay trans issues are, are is moving faster than it ever has mm-hmm. in human history so I get there are many people, and I would count myself among them, who can't keep up with the with the latest vocabulary, can't keep up with the latest, you know, kind of movement, and and it's and it's struggling struggling to make sense of things, and it feels a little bit like we're losing control. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I think you know I, I think it's it's very important to state that that the truth of the matter is there are tons and tons of gay people, queer people, trans people, who are living boring mundane you know like like everyday lives in which they're also just trying to get by day by day you know you know and and they're they're just trying to find someone to love someone to love them it's it's so difficult to get that right and and so difficult to put it together and 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 ultimately um it's whatever you want to teach your kid about these things uh, is fine. Uh, it's your your right. Uh, but the, the the truth, the fact, the thing that you can't avoid is that we're out here and we exist, and we exist in many different ways. And so I think it's either you you want to live in the real world or you don't. And 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 it's hard to get convince someone that 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 they're that they're not. It, it's yeah. just so tough. Well, I mean, it wasn't that long ago that they called AIDS the gay cancer, right? Yeah, it's 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 um. And to, to the people maybe who are more progressive, liberal, who are who want to fight for, for, for a comprehensive sex ed, I would say, you know, the, the only way you can have a chance, I think, is to is to show up and, and hear these people out as as difficult as it is, as difficult it can be to dialogue with someone who is saying awful things about who you are and what you believe people who are saying you're a pedophile or a groomer. I mean, those are awful things to hear. But the, I do believe there is is a majority of people who maybe just aren't there yet right. um, and just need a little bit of exposure to different people, different ideas, and, and do it in a way that feels safe. You know, I, I think I've been in places now where, you know, someone expresses discomfort or even disgust with gay relationships. My father was one of them. Um, and if you immediately go into you're a bigot, you're a homophobe, uh, immediately tell them that they're a bad person, you've lost them. You're never going to get them to, to come back or understand. But but just like my relationship with my father, or just like relationship with other family members, it was me just saying, oh, interesting. OK, I, 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 it hurts me a little to hear that, but that's where you are. That's fine. Um, hopefully over time we can change that. And, and yeah, now it's great. My, my dad can go to gay prides and he's totally fine. You know, it took time. Um, and so I think to those who maybe are, 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 are want better sex education, unfortunately, um, it, it does take time and it takes a lot of love and understanding. And, and, and it's, it's not the best. I, I wish there a different way. Um, but, but in making this movie, I, I feel it, it's, it is the only chance we have. Absolutely. And I think it's going to be like three different types of people. There's going to be the people that are like, absolutely this is a fantastic idea. I, we should do it. And then there's going to be the people that are like, absolutely not. Don't you dare. And then there's could be, and this is where I'd like for people to land is that the people kind of in the middle that would actually take a, you know, like a lesson plan and the teacher's like, this is what we're going to talk about. 
We're going to talk about periods today. We're going to, we're going to talk about how babies are born and there's different ways that babies are born, but this is what we're going to talk about this, you know, today or this week or whatever. And that parent or guardian or whomever could be like, oh, that's not that bad. There, I, there, there's no 69ing in this plan at all. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I couldn't agree with you more. You put it perfectly. That's, that's exactly right. I think too often we focus on that 33% of people who are, who will never change their mind and are steadfast in, in their opposition. Um, but when we really need to be talking about those, those, that middle that you're talking about, you know, I, I often think people ask, what's the best thing we could do? How do we get this? I'm like, honestly, hold as many parent sex education classes as possible because the parents need it too. The parents often yeah. don't, don't know, don't know a lot of these things, you know, you know, I'm embarrassed to say it took me into my 30s to understand like what a vulva even was, you know, things like things like this, you don't understand, you don't know what you don't know, you know, so I often think like, if, if we could just have parent sex ed classes where a parent stops for 30 minutes, an hour, an hour, like a, like a teacher parent teacher conference day or something, and, right. and they go, you know, here's what we're going to talk about. This is all I'm going to talk about. I'm not going to tell them, you know, necessarily that that you gay people are good or all, all these we're not I'm not going to instill any values at all I'm just going to go over the facts here are the facts and then actually I'm going this is going to be something to help you have the conversation that you want to in your home I'll broach the subject I'll be the icebreaker and it's all designed to help you have the conversations that are difficult to have in the home and I think a lot of parents would be for that because I think a lot of parents most the parents want to have these conversations but none of us know how because none of us were trained how so, so I think if schools could focus that on that, I think maybe there is a way in. I mean, it makes absolute sense to just slip it in there with biology. In the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, it, and the thing I think a lot of people uh, might not understand is the teacher is not going to stand in front of the class and like show or tell your child how to masturbate to completion, right? right. <laughs> Some might get these tingly feelings. It's totally normal, but this is a private thing in your bedroom or in the bathroom. And don't be surprised if maybe this happens. And this is the biology behind it. These are your testes. These are your little swimmers, you know? It's like we can have a conversation and keep it strictly cut and dry, for lack of a better phrase, without being sexual. It's, it's hard. It, it's such a deep cultural kind of um, uh, resonance that, that, that the second you even veer into the remotely sexual, it, it tends to be, I mean, I mean, I still react that way in many ways. So I get it. Um, but, but when you really stop to start to think about it and really start to sit down and consider, you know, you know, you know, you, t you teach, you know, elbows, knees and toes. Why do we skip over this part? What is actually really inherently wrong? Is it, is it the feeling of being sexual? Is that actually wrong? I, I think it's hard for someone to, when you to really argue that, but that's the way we treat it. As a girl, as a woman, I will straight up tell you that when my chest went from flat to something happening, mm -hmm. I was freaked out. Oh, I bet. If you have no, no one's ever told you what was happening. No one ever explained it to you. Yeah. But here's the disconnect. I saw my mom. My mom had boobs. It didn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, obviously I'm going to have them one day too. No, I just figured it was me. This is how I was going to be. And don't even get me started about the first period. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I can't imagine. I can't imagine that. If no one told you about that, that must have been. Yeah. Yeah. So you, yeah. But, you know, we. Yeah. There's so much, there's so much other stuff going on in the documentary. Let's kick into it. Okay, but I, in this documentary, you talk to, we already said you talk to your parents and your grandma, which was yeah. awkward, I imagine. Yeah. But you talk to therapists, you talk to uh, clergy, mm -hmm. you talk to gay, straight, white, mm -hmm. Asian. Mm -hmm. You talk to everybody. You got mm -hmm. this broad look at what everybody, to an extent, is doing. They might do it differently, right? And you're talking about how, like, when you were growing up and and your misconceptions is especially with like pornography i didn't think i didn't think that two girls together was gay if that makes sense mm -hmm. but two guys were how was i to know because all i knew was like what i read in, in the, the sneak peeks of how do you know no one's telling you you just you try to just pick it up with whatever media you can books which are often very sparse you know and and mm -hmm. And, and that's the thing that I think, you know, a, a lot of, I would say, the conservative religious right, they, they think that ignorance keeps you innocent, but kids are curious about this. Kids want the answers. They, this, they're a human being. They, they have questions. Things are happening in their minds and bodies that they, that they want to be able to understand. 
Um, and, and they won't just, you know, if keeping them ignorant is not going to keep them innocent, they're just going to try to find those answers in whatever way they can. And often that can be very damaging, especially with the internet. Right. And to, to reach a, an age, and I'm not going to say it, but to reach an age where you believe that sexual intercourse is only if something goes in something else. I don't know how old I was when I learned about oral sex. I mean, this is embarrassing for me, but you know, I was not a, I was not a teenager when I, and I don't think that my parents were necessarily negligent about it. I think it, I think that they were waiting for me to find out and come ask questions. And I just didn't, I just found out on my own. And I was like, or I didn't. And I was like sitting there with my own wrong thoughts. (laughs) Yeah. I think a lot of parents aren't necessarily sex negative and they're happy to have the conversation, um, but they don't want to freak out their kid. So they keep silent and wait. But when really the the thing that is freaking out their kid is that they aren't talking about it. Uh, So, yeah. So I think parents, again, it can be scary. It can be difficult. Of course, uh, parent-child relations are complicated, but uh, keep it simple, keep it light, keep it quick, uh, little by little. And then all of a sudden you'll be having full conversation. Right. I I want that I was probably a young adult, but I was probably an adult when I realized that old people still have sex, you know, <laughs> because we're so like insular mm-hmm. at, for our own stuff. Yeah, at certain- yeah. Especially when you're young. Yeah. yeah. And we're like, wait, 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 what? <laughs> <laughs> First of all, my parents would never, they do. <laughs> and this whole, yeah. it's just, and I, I love that you talk to so many people because you have to talk. You have to and respectfully ask questions. I've talked to so many people in the community and I'm like, I always say, tell me to fuck off if this question is offensive, <laughs> but I have a question, you know? And they'll be like, oh yeah, blah, 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 blah. And just the conversations have to happen. I mean, the fact that people think that men, every man that puts makeup on must be a deviant homosexual. Not true. Uh, he's just smart because he's learning about the fixing. You know what? And just because it, it's stereotypes, like just because a woman has a short haircut, likes to wear jeans. I'm wearing jeans and a t-shirt right now. I couldn't care less. But we've been so conditioned. And again, with the the bad school books, things that are left out, we've been conditioned to believe things that cis white, you know, old men are saying or have been saying for years. And the conversation really needs to open up because it's just, no pun intended, there's a rainbow of people out there that have knowledge. Even those cis white old men don't even realize how confining and constraining their box is, that how much they have to repress to try to feel like they they belong, you know? And I think it's it is almost like it's it's very much to me the analogy of of the fish doesn't know what water is because that's that's what they live in you know they they don't have the conception until they're out of it and and so i think a lot of people don't understand how so much of who they are has been stifled or shrunken or or repressed to try to fit in Mm -hmm. uh while in the meantime they're they're doing real violence and damage to their psyche because there is a part of them that doesn't fit in. You know, we all have that thing that isn't typical um, and and trying to curtail that, trying to s- stuff that into a, a certain box that that's just, it's a recipe for disaster. So I think the more we can talk about, you know, the 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 real struggles it, it, it is to, to be a man, to be a woman, to be trans, to be gay, you know, to, to really, and really listen to them, really under- hear what other people have to say in a weird way, it, it frees you up so much more because you you start to see that there we all have that one thing we're struggling to come out about. We all have that one thing uh, we don't know how to manage and are scared to tell people with. And, and once you realize that everyone's dealing with that, then it becomes so much easier to handle your own. Right. And I feel like if we can get the sex conversation out of the way, everything else is gravy. Yeah. Everything else yeah. is that has been my experience. That's a great way to put it. That has been my experience. Yeah. So it's like, if we can get this, this out of the way, we can playing <laughs> other things that are yeah. much simpler that, you yeah. know, that are still yeah. really important, but they're just not as sticky. Right. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and <laughs> I think, and I think it is like, um, you know, in a way I, th- I think, I, I think about sex much more broadly. It's, it's just, how do we show up for other people? How do we want to treat other people? How do we want to be treated? Cause Good sex requires tons of communication, tons of checking in, 
uh, tons of play and, 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 and love and affection. Um, and, and that can come in many, many, many different forms. You know, uh, um, I, I think a lot of people would be surprised if you go into like S and M communities, there's tons of love and trust and affection there. It just looks a lot different if you really, but when you boil it down, it's all the same. Sorry, go ahead. No, no. Yeah. And I'm just saying, you know, I think like just exactly to your point, if, if we can learn how to love each other in the, in the most intimate, vulnerable ways, um, a, a lot of problems can be solved. Right. Go, uh, the S and M thing made me think, um, a lot of a lot of misconception is coming from like social media specifically i don't know if i can call them out but it starts with a t and ends with a k a couple times <laughs> <laughs> over on the uh, little tiktok because they're they're making it seem like i'm gonna tie you up and i'm gonna beat the shit and it's like oh <laughs> But I might want to eat a little bit. I mean, it just like there's yeah. everything has different degrees, I yes, guess. It's all a spectrum. And, and I think it's if you were to actually go into those communities, you would be amazed at the level of communication they have with each other. Like to right. get to that level of extremity, you need a, an enormous amount of trust between two people. And that trust only comes from communication about every facet of how the relationship is going to look and work. Mm -hmm. um and, and it's actually been very eye-opening uh how how those for a good snm relationship that there are many bad ones uh, but for a good one to happen you almost need like olympic level communication skills yeah. it's it's and, and, and you don't see that you know you don't you only see kind of the titillating extreme parts right you see the man snapping his belt exactly <laughs> and it's like okay but he's hot but no <laughs> yeah it's yeah. it's it's porn right it's the same thing uh Absolutely. porn is great and fun to watch and it's exciting uh, but you don't see all the back the behind the scenes of a porn mm -hmm. when they're taking breaks they're at checking in they're the talking flow. about what's good or bad you know stop oh no that hurts you know you're not seeing all the real parts yeah, yeah. it's like oh wait <laughs> exactly <laughs> here's my thing here's my thing with porn does it really have to have a story I mean, I, like sometimes minutes. I'm sometimes in the mood for a narrative. Sometimes Stop. I'm I I don't need one. <laughs> I'm just like, listen, if you're gonna have six minutes of you guys sitting on the couch talking about the houses they sold the other day, maybe a better way to put it is I need a scenario. I I need it to okay. be <laughs> yeah, yeah. teacher student stepdad something like that. Yeah, I need <laughs> I need I need a power dynamic in there. That that's yeah. usually enough. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Polly, Polly's home on leave, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm just like, you're a 12 minute video and it's we're four minutes in and you guys are still sitting there talking. <laughs> I'm like, why? <laughs> now, actually, not to get like naughty really quick, but you talked about uh, gay porn, guy, guy and guy porn for people that are like, what's gay porn? I'll be honest, they get to it. <laughs> yes in many cases yes yes it's very easy to find uh some just very quick yeah <laughs> i feel like um when it's women's they, they yeah they have to sit around and talk about how mad they are at their husband bobby <laughs> so let me make that if, if you want some storyline <laughs> gay porn I, I i have some recommendations Ooh, <laughs> okay. but out of everybody that you talk to and we've already established that this was kind of an awkward well mm -hmm. maybe really an awkward experience for you <laughs> and many times yes a necessary opening up of you almost like surgically awkward <laughs> Two-part question, who were you most like nervous to talk to and who surprised you with how like forthcoming they were and willing to talk about it? The most nervous, my parents, it, you know, the parent-child parent, -parent -child relationship is so complicated. We never talked about this in 36 years. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, it was a conversation that had just building up and, and you have all these uh, worst case scenarios of how it could go. It's on camera. There's all these things. Um, but, but those were some of the best, I mean, I think for the first time in my adult life, I saw my parents as like the full human beings they are. And mm -hmm. that was just so uh, amazing to see, to understand, to, to get to know them in that way. Um, but I think in terms of like what changed me the most, it was the conversation I had with the priest, with Father Donald Godfrey. You know, I think for so long, I've been so angry at the Catholic Church, specifically at, at how much damage they do, not only to gay people and queer people, but women you know, to, to people who, who don't fit this very narrow definition of, of, of what it means to be a sexually moral person and how quickly they can cast aside people 
for for the the most minor of offenses in in my mind and so i i, I was there ready to kind of um you know really 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 challenge and kind of confront them with, with what was going on but you know I think uh, for better or worse, most of the people I wanted to talk to said no, because of course they're, they're not going to want to talk to a gay atheist about how the Catholic church fucked them up uh, on, uh, you know, but, but, but I do think the one person I was able to find, uh, he is just one of the most generous, warm, loving men who, who understands deeply how the damage the Catholic church is doing and, and trying to get communicate that the Catholic church, it, in, in many regards has a very important message around how we treat people around uh, the importance of, of understanding spirituality, of understanding that the, the deep connections that we can form. Uh, and, and, you know, his definition of sex in the, in the, in the film, it's not, like you said, just, it's not just intercourse. It's so much more uh, sexuality is, is such a deeply spiritual thing that that you know you know i think the best way to explain it is like i've had more sexually charged erotic pleasurable moments just in a conversation with some people uh you know not touching and then there are people who were having full intercourse and i have no connection to what what's going on you know i i think it i think through that conversation i really understood deeply how i was ignoring the spiritual aspect of sex and coming out of the interview it, it was a very whiplash moment where i started to see that there's a huge part of my sexuality I was ignoring and, and, and understanding that has been just, just has been amazing. Right. The Catholic church itself has a really, really bad reputation, especially when it comes oh, yeah. to use. No moral authority in my mind to tell anyone right. how they should act sexually. Right. And, but that goes way back to where you were like, if that's not talked about, if they're, they're not allowed to express or no double entendre to get things out of them right if they don't have an outlet these these evil thoughts and and heinous deeds start to seem yeah. catholic church is perfectly designed to harbor and protect pedophiles uh serial abusers of kids and and women i think you could talk to many different nuns who would say that they have experienced horrible abuse at the hands of a priest it's it's designed to protect those who know what they are is wrong and know what they're doing is is bad and i think the catholic church needs to really really analyze you know the rules of uh, of celibacy no marriage no women in in the priesthood uh maybe had some point although i would argue it wouldn't but but those are rules made for two millennia ago you know you know we are in a different place now and if they have any hope of re-establishing any moral authority in, uh, on this earth uh they have to think about how they treat women in, in the clergy how they treat marriage celibacy all these things because the way it is now frankly is, is is a disgrace absolutely i mean the values air quotes that they're putting forth or the rules they're archaic uh, i would say i don't know if it made sense back then but but it definitely doesn't make sense today and here's the other thing accountability at the risk of your reputation why? Why are you so, I don't get it because it's like, you should be able to say this person's a piece of crap that did this horrible stuff. He's going to jail. This happened instead of hiding it. And then people find out anyways. So now you look double dickish because you knew about it and didn't out the person. You didn't punish and make sure they were punished to protect yourself when you could have been like, and separated yourself from it. And people would have said, how refreshing that you're acknowledging that there was a problem. You're, you're cutting out a, a tumor. There's a bunch more, but you're cutting out at least one tumor in an, in an effort to make yourself healthier as an organization. They are not an organization to help be a spiritual moral leader for humans. They are there to protect and control their own power, power yeah. over people. Yeah. It all comes down to power, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, it's so funny because I'll get invited to, to go to church on Sunday and I'll be like, well, what's your church's stance on the queer community? Are they welcome? No? Well, you suck. No, I'm not going. You know? And there was an episode, uh, an episode of We're Here. I can't, I think it was in season one. I don't know if you've ever seen the show, but they went um, to this one town and the local pastor, what his daughter was lesbian. 
And in an effort to show his support for her, he was part of the drag transformation that went on in that episode. Oh, I, I, I did not see it, but I think I've seen clips of it. Yeah, yeah, that, that's wonderful. They tried to kick him. They, they yeah. did. Yeah, it's 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 awful, you know, for dressing in a with a different gender identity. What is really explain to me what what's wrong with that? Yeah, yeah. Explain to me. It's clothes. It's it's up. It's things people wear and put on every day all around the world. Yeah. What's right. actually wrong with it? Yeah. And by those justifications, I'm dressed as a man. <laughs> yeah. And I yeah. because I'm comfortable. So, <laughs> and, and that's what slayed me with it was like, you're missing the entire point of him being a loving Christ-like father. Yeah. Forget her. He was being a loving Christ-like father, human in what he did. Missed that. Yeah. And God, gay. Yeah. And, and I think... I think a lot of straight men that I've known in my life who get, get to know gay people and get to know gay culture and start to play a little bit with that that sort of thing, put on a dress, put on some eyelashes, that kind of thing. It's a very eye-opening experience. I mean, I would consider myself too. I, I was very terrified to stray outside of the gender norms because uh, I already was terrified of being gay. But like, you know, my advice is like, try it out. It's actually kind of fun. Like, <laughs> like it's a costume. It's just play. Um, it isn't world the world better the, the more opportunities you have to play rather than, than conform to some sort of strict ideal yep. that, that makes very little sense. I would rather participate in a hundred uh, activities that bring joy or exactly. yeah, in that sense of camaraderie than like anything else i would yeah. rather if i would rather take that over like one easy but negative thing right <laughs> I, I mean i i think it is all the values is, is it's hard it's hard to get people often i think when people lash out it's because there's something about them that they in, might enjoy or attracted to or want to do you know often the people who are the quickest to condemn gay people uh, maybe have some sort of thing going on that they're not processing. Um, so I think, yeah, there's just the, the, the depths. I, I, I always knew there was a lot of sexual shame in the world, uh, but I, I don't think most people realize the depths to which we all have uh, this fear of not being normal in a gender sense, a sexuality sense, uh, and, and how quickly when you stray, uh, the world tells you that you're wrong or something is bad. Um, and, and it's something that will take a long time to, to, to work out of, but, but uh, especially for parents out there, that there is something we can do to make it a little bit better. Each You've touched on something with the, with these, as we've said before, you know, um, certain types of people, they look at a man, a cross-dresser or, you know, transsexual or transgender, whatever they are identifying as. They look, they see beautiful or they're attracted, which is there. That's your problem, sir. You know, that's, that's on you. That is not this other person's fault for existing, but you're attracted to that. But now you're pissed because you're attracted to that. So it's obviously their fault. You hate them. Hate yourself a little bit more. Understand yourself a little bit more before you put that on somebody else. The same goes for if you see a mother uh, breastfeeding. It's not her fault that you think titties are sexy. That's your child. She's doing what every uh, mammal in the world, uh, girls, well, or guys. But if you want to wear shorts and a halter top, they're not out there saying, rape me, rape me. That That's not their problem. Now, some people might dress to get, not raped, but to get a sexual interest in them. Yes. But mostly, no. I don't think a girl put on a, a you know, pretty dress and her heels and did her makeup to go out with the intention of someone saying, because of the way you're dressed, that's arousing me. So now I need to, I need to hurt you, punish you, whatever, for making me feel the way I feel. People suck. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The amount that people, you know, it, it, like, like I was saying, if you don't have the outlet to talk about these things, to talk about how hard and difficult and scary and confusing it all is, if you don't feel like you're being listened to or heard in a way that that makes you feel valid for I mean it, it is like I, I get it. it like like I've done crazy things in the pursuit of sex things you know like you know run red lights left the house at three in the morning you know like got drunk to no end you know things that like when I look back I'm like what was I thinking like it was not worth it so I get like that testosterone makes you do and feel crazy in many ways 
and, and if there isn't an outlet for people to talk about it, to feel valid, it comes out in the worst possible ways. That, that That's the alternative. The alternative isn't you keep kids innocent. The alternative is that they become abusers because they don't know what to deal with with the real, real difficult emotions that come. With I don't want to say hypocrite, but I feel like if you're that type of parent that's uh, always like, my kid can tell me anything. My kid can ask me anything. Oh, but not that. Don't ask me that because that makes me uncomfortable. Well, you know. I get, you know, I, who is a parentless, you know, person to, to give advice. But I, I think in talking to a lot of parents, um, you, you, you suss out very quickly that there are some parents who didn't think about, didn't want to become parents to parent a child. They wanted to have a child as an extension of themselves. They wanted to just have a kid. They wanted to just, they, they didn't think about, the real difficult work of having to raise a person into a healthy, happy human being, which is, which is such an amazing sacrifice. The people who do it, I, I have so much you know, respect for, but, but I think you have to really think long and hard about, about uh, what your role is for that kid. And often it is um, to do things that are uncomfortable. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I still have, I just had one today. I have moments of panic that I'm not going to be here forever to keep an eye out for my kid. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's yeah that's that's heartbreaking but beautiful and protect them from everything eventually yeah. we're not going to be here yeah. and they're going to come out and you're not going to be here to ask so they need to be able to talk to somebody else about it. yeah they need you need hopefully you've raised you know i, I i've been lucky to, to i feel like my parents they're very clear around uh they're raising someone who can think for themselves who can reach search for the right people who can help them who understand how to discern uh, good from bad and and, and i think you yeah. know it People make mistakes. Mistakes are something that we're all born with. And I think, but I think it is kind of like what you're alluding to. If you can own up to them, if you can understand your mistakes and try to clean them up and show people, mm -hmm. you know, children, everyone, the people around you, be a role model to that. You own up to your mistakes. You clean them up as best as possible. Uh, you're willing to have those messy, uncomfortable conversations, even if they don't go well. Uh, you're willing to go back and do it again. Uh, it's in the trying that I think that uh, uh, you get a lot of credit and, and, and people open up and feel safe around you. So, so I think, uh, you know, try, try and try again. And, and that's my kind of advice there. Right. And, and any great business or successful business, there's a bunch of different moving parts. There's different departments that know things better than other departments. Right. I mean, in a hospital, the x-ray tech is going to know more than the janitor. They're both equally as important to the entire facility. But raising a child, same thing. There's going to be stuff I don't know that their pediatrician will know. There's going to be stuff that his math teacher will know, right? There's going to be stuff that his sex ed teacher will know. I can't remember all the parts of a male reproductive system. I, don't, I can't tell you. That's not is your it job necessarily, you know. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, don't be scared to ask for someone whose expertise might be more comprehensive than yours. Yeah. Don't be afraid to let them watch a sex explanation. Actually, <laughs> is there an age limit on it? <laughs> Rated TV mature, but we've okay. had people come to screenings with their 12-year-old kid, 13-year-old kid. I, I think it's important for a parent to be there to contextualize things. Yes. And, and you know your kid better than anyone. You know, some 12-year-olds can handle it and some can't. But I think what we really wanted the film to be was a conversation starter, was an icebreaker, was to help parents. You know, it, it's just so much easier to talk about a subject if there's a third party involved, if someone can help mm -hmm. you be, can uh, kind of break the ice. So I, I think, uh, you know, our hope is that this that's what this film does. And and though it might be uncomfortable, just, you know, I've I've I have been in many uncomfortable situations like you're saying watching like a sex scene pop up in a movie when you didn't expect mm -hmm. it you know we, we we really infuse as much humor as possible into the film we really try to make it a warm loving tale about how families can have the most amazing may, maybe awkward maybe cringy at times but hilarious moving conversations around sex because that's what sex is you know sex is uh what what the the real stuff of life is made out of and and, and you know, hopefully the, the, your goal with your kids is as eventually they get into adulthood that you start to know each other more as adults and know who they are, you know, in and out. And so um, that, that was that was our hope. Yeah. And I feel like if you establish that early on as an adult, you'll still have that um, ease yeah. of talking to your parents or talking to your child. Not to go off because I know you got to go, but would you be as an adult and your dad's an adult, would you be comfortable changing in the same room? You know, uh, 
so I would, I think that's just, uh, our upbringing. We were, we were, we were a naked family. If that makes sense to you, you know, <laughs> you know, you know, being naked was, was, uh, was fine. You know, I, I think there are a lot of, the one thing that I think has been great is that, you know, a lot of cultures, um, outside, especially in Europe and in Asia, they have bathhouse cultures, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where like, it's like a Sunday afternoon tradition where the whole, all the families go to a, have a nice relaxing spa day, basically, you know, so it's old, young men, women, and they're all naked, just hanging out in the spa. There's nothing sexual about it. It's just kind of like a communal relaxing time before the week starts. And so I was, I was lucky that that nudity wasn't necessarily anything that was seen as shameful or something to be hidden. But yeah, I think there are, I mean, discomfort about talking about my real, you know, because my dad, when I came out, did did say like, I, I am, I hate to say it, but I'm disgusted. I feel very au- uncomfortable around two men being intimate, you know, and, and that was a long 15, 20 year journey to get him to the point where he's totally fine with it now. Never cut you off though, huh? No. So I, I'm lucky in that sense that he was willing to show up. I think that's, he, there's, he takes two to tango. Um, but, but I think often what happens is when people hear that they hear, they, then they just cut off, they just shut off and they don't even try to go. Luckily I was with good therapists who told, who told me over and over again that if I want this to change, I have to show up as well. Um, and it's, it's exposure, you know, therapy, you know, you, 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 you hold hands a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, you, you know, you, you hug, you know, and then slowly and slowly it becomes normal. And, that, and I think if, if, if a parent really loves their child and they see how hap- much happier they're, I think that was the big thing for my dad was like, I haven't seen Alex this happy since he was, you know, eight years old, you know? So I think that was a big moment for him to be like, okay, this is something that I can't, I I will try my hardest to get over because it, it's worth it, you know? And I think doing those little scary, it's scary. It is like saying, uh, saying I'm gay was the most terrifying for the first time was the most terrifying thing I'd ever done in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, but now I can say it, you know, no thought, um, you'd be amazed how far you can go and how, how much more open and free and beautiful your life can be. If, if you make those tiny, tiny, tiny courageous steps every day, uh, the the world really can open ways up, open ways that you, you never imagined. Right. And I'm, I'm sure it helped when he realized that you didn't turn into some deviant, disgusting (laughs) overnight. He's, he's much more disappointed that I did not become an engineer than he is that I'm gay. Yeah. (laughs) Because you can, you, he can still have grandkids, but he's not going to have a son that's an engineer. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh my God. Well, it just, it all comes right back around to what we were talking about, communication, open communication. Mm-hmm. And a good start is to watch this explanation. I'm going to put a PG-13 on our interview just because I don't want to get in trouble. But <laughs> watch it and then decide for yourself if you think your child is mature enough or knowledgeable enough or ready and then have a conversation talk about it when you get home ask him was there anything that you saw that you have questions about and if you don't know don't say oh i don't know ask me another question say i don't know let's go ask google admitting you don't know admitting that it's it's okay to say you don't know and and figuring it out together could be an amazing bonding experience and 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 model how do you actually get good information for bad i i i couldn't agree more with you there well it has been an absolute honor i like i said i've been looking forward to talking to you for a while because I really, really enjoyed the documentary. But I mean, this is an award-winning documentary. I highly recommend it. Yeah, you're going to get some, you know, you're going to get some penises. You're going to get some some vaginas in the face. There's going to be um, confections shaped <laughs> like that. But overall, and and the moral of it is, let's talk about it. Let's, let's ask questions. What's wrong with asking questions? What happened to asking questions? And it's just, you know... Isn't life just so much better if you can be free and open about who you are? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Love is love. And that goes for everybody. Just because I love you, I can love you. I can love my child. We can love each other without it being, we're not hooking up. sex and love uh come in so many different forms you know i think it's it's something that uh it's challenging it's difficult um but if you you work at it it's the most rewarding thing in the world that's another thing that people don't talk uh, talk enough about is how they actually feel about people but that's a whole (laughs) nother talking about feelings is difficult (laughs) that's the next document yeah (laughs) well listen it's been so much fun and i've learned a lot 
Yes, this has been great. This is the time flew by. Well, thank you for coming on the show and I wish you nothing but the best. So again, June 7th, sexplanation.com. You can find out where to watch it. You can get um, more information about the documentary, more information about Alex. I, I really recommend it. It's an amazing documentary. Oh my God. Thank you so much, Alex. Yeah. Great. Thank you. Alrighty. Bye. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this creative conversation. Be sure to follow me on social media. I am Pup Duffy basically everywhere. You can follow the show on Facebook. It's Coffee, Candy, and Creatives. Head over to beunique.org. Like, follow, and support my beautiful humans over there. Be sure to check out my sponsor. And for your own sponsorship or interview opportunities, please email me at pup4ccc at gmail.com. If you like the music you're hearing, head on over to raleighkeegan.com and do yourself a favor and buy this album. You can download it or you can have a physical CD. You can also keep up to date on tour dates and future releases. As always, take care of each other, love each other, watch each other's back, and I'll see you next time.